Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Andy McNeil is going to be with us, our NHL analyst here at VSIN, as we get into a couple of games this evening. Some of the stuff is, you know, some of these teams, five, two games left in the regular season. Over- I think it's a huge positive that we're getting close to the playoffs in the NBA and the NHL. I'm what? ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Tired of the regular season already, huh? Just started. It didn't just start. <laughs> no, See, I it's been going on for what seems like forever. Uh, uh, but I, the playoffs in the NBA are sensational. They are. And you can say the same thing about hockey. Yes. Right? So I think postseason, when there's things that really, really matter, you can say it about any sport. Yeah. Postseason's great. Baseball, Baseball postseason's is great. So let's go back to last mm-hmm. night. The Atlanta Hawks. Hawks surely won with ease last night because everyone was betting the Hawks. That's right. I think what so I was on the Hawks. Uh, played five with the Hawks very early. Uh, er, is that correct? Was on the Atlanta Hawks, and then I started to realize, you know, like my mom called me. She's like, "Really like the Hawks tonight?" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, something's going on here." They actually got to as high as seven, seven and a half in some spots. Your mom didn't really say that. <laughs> she was like, "Trey Young's got a really good off the bounce game. I think he could take advantage." Of it. <clears throat> Mailman showed up right. about one thirty. You yep. like the Hawks tonight? <laughs> so they close. This is where you got the buyback eventually, right? Got to as high as seven. I thought I saw a couple seven and a halfs pop up. It looks like it closed at least six mm-hmm. at DraftKings, and the Pacers win this game outright against the Atlanta Hawks, one thirty-three to one twenty-six. And here's the thing: the Pacers we thought were a play against team. Yep, they've got issues between players and coaches. And you think they probably didn't want to play for these coaches. Right. And, and well, and here's the other one. And this is something I brought up to you, if you remember, right, where it was like, if you looked at Indiana when they took on skilled offensive teams, their defensive ratings would start to tank, uh-huh. right? The, the, the defensive rating, 140 against Portland, 130 nearly against the Brooklyn Nets. We can go down the list, all these good offensive teams. Well, actually, yesterday, they should put up another poor defensive rating. It was 124.8. <laughs> the problem was the Hawks could not stop a nosebleed yesterday. Their defensive rating, 127.5. And if you watched it, too, at the beginning of the third, uh, the fourth quarter, humans, it was like, a, I think it was a 14-point game. Hawks come out immediately, open up the fourth quarter, outscore the Pacers 12-2. In the fourth quarter, they cut it to a three or like just a one-possession game mm-hmm. off the top of my head four times. And yet the second they would cut that down to a one-possession game, it's like somebody put a lid over the rim and they couldn't do anything to eventually take the lead. So the Pacers eventually pull away. Really solid offensive performance, taking advantage of Atlanta's really suspect defense. But I still think when you look at this moving forward in the last couple of games, the defense is clearly, as you look at some of the numbers, still going to be a problem for the Pacers. The anecdotal stuff, not wanting to play for Bjorkren, the fight on the sideline with Goga Patadze, maybe a little overblown, right, mm-hmm. of what happened, which is why everybody and their mother jumps on one side, me included. But I still think, at least when you're talking about tangible statistical evidence going forward, the Pacers defensively have some problems still. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Pacers have all sorts of problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just happened to come up with a big effort last night and yep. win a game when a lot of people were betting against them. That's all it is. I don't think it's a buy sign on the Pacers by any sense. Yep. Uh, but they did shoot 62% last night against the Hawks. It's so crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, it was pretty poor in terms of that. I mean, look, it was a fun game. It was back and forth, high-scoring affair. So if you like that kind of stuff and you had two offensive ratings in the half quarter, well over 100 points, it was absolutely ridiculous. All right, NHL on the other side. Andy McNeil is going to be with us. We'll also recap really quickly what's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Cubs have won three straight. They're another 42 favorite at Wrigley today against Pittsburgh, plus 132. It'll be Zach Davies for the Cubbies against Trevor Cahill of the Pirates. 
Wade Miley on the hill for the Cincinnati Reds, a plus-133 underdog at Cleveland, and Zach Plesak, Indians laying a dollar forty-three, eight and a half under at Progressive Field. The New York Knicks are in action on the road today at the Phoenix Suns. The Knicks are plus six against the Suns, who are 47-19 with the second-best record in the Western Conference. In the NHL today, the Vegas Golden Knights and all their 60 home ice favorite against the Blue. VSIN gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24-7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members-only best bets email, and in-depth coverage each week in Point Spread Weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10-day free trial, vcin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vcin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. From the OddsTrader.com studio at Circa Resort and Casino, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up-to-the-second info that you need. No Mitch Moss, no Paul Howard. They'll be back on Monday, last day for us here on Follow the Money. Former Edge Takeover, JVT, Matt Eubens. <laughs> Do we know where Mitch went on vacation yet? No, nah, you know what? I'm going to text him right now. Okay. Right this second, right now. Get some answers here. He might be asleep. Uh, you know what? Wake the hell up. All right, this is important. Where are you? know who needs to wake you? up? The Lakers. Yes. Two and seven in their last nine games. LeBron's missed the past two. Anthony Davis left last night with back spasms. And the Lakers on the road tonight against the Blazers in a back-to-back. And it looks like... Is it they a be- get, in a belly-to-belly? If they don't start winning, the Lakers are going to be in that play-in tournament that LeBron hates so much. Well, they don't start winning. they got to start winning today because this is it, right? Tied exactly same record, 37-29. and 29. Exact same record between these two teams. At this point, slight tiebreaker in favor of the Lakers, so they're on the outside looking in, but a loss will put them right there on the seventh line. And inside, play in contention. I mean, mean, come on. Just from a narrative standpoint, would it not be really cool to see the Lakers in a situation where they have to win or they're gone this early? I I think it would be great. I want to see the Lakers in the play-in tournament. Do you want to see them full strength of the play-in, or do you want to see scuffly? Full strength. Full strength. Okay. That's kind of boring. Why? Because I want to see like Kyle Kuzma, like a starting lineup of like Kyle Kuzma, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Anthony Davis. I want Davis, to see all Alex teams. Caruso. When you get to the playoffs, I want to see all teams at full strength. Okay. And that's not going to happen. That's a fantasy land. But like the Nuggets, don't you want to see the, what the Nuggets can do in this playoff if oh. they had Jamal Murray and everybody healthy? I thought they were going to get to the Western. They looked great if they were going to be fully healthy. So, yes, I agree with that. I'm just talking about a one-off. It's the Lakers. Like, let's watch them scuffle a little bit. Huh? Well, they are scuffling. We have been watching them scuffle. <laughs> yeah, like point. I said, they've lost uh, seven of the past nine, and they are dogs. I see a DraftKings right now. Lakers catching seven at Portland tonight, total 221.5. Yeah, so as you look at it, like, I think the what you're looking at it from this standpoint is, is the perimeter defense going to be as bad as it was last night against the Clippers, right? From a breakdown of how the Portland Trailblazers play offensively, uh, they are a team that is in the top five of the league in terms of frequency of above-the-break three-point shots or non-corner three-point shots. And last night against the Los Angeles Clippers, Clippers took 24 above-the-break three-point shots. They hit 12 of them. Uh-huh. They bombed away from three last night against the Los Angeles Lakers. And if your perimeter defense is going to be pretty shoddy, that's going to be a problem against Portland, who really operates from that area of the floor. They're not a team that will attack you within four feet of the basket. They don't even take that many mid-range shots as well. It's just all about whether or not they're going to have a good shooting night. And if the same defense is going to show up there, 
as it did against the Clippers last night, then you have a really big problem. My issue, when you're looking at a team like the Portland Trailblazers, something you and I talked about, if you want to use a shorter sample size since the beginning of April, 19th in defensive efficiency, and that's in non-garbage time minutes too, by the way, cleaning the glass sorts those out, giving up 114.4 points every 100 possessions in that stretch on the season, 27th in defensive efficiency, have not really been a good defensive team, and as we kind of talked about, remember yesterday we brought this up, when it came to the Memphis Grizzlies and the Detroit Pistons, right? One of the things we brought up was the Memphis Grizzlies have not been playing very well defensively. And when you don't play well defensively, the floor of the offense that you face gets raised a little bit. And sure enough, what happens, the Pistons 115.6 in the offensive rating, they win the game outright against Detroit. And you could see the same thing here where you might have a team that really struggles in the Los Angeles Lakers in terms of their offense, but a bad defensive team can always make you better. Mm -hmm. And now laying like seven in a clearly inflated line. It just seven seems like a lot. The Blazers are capable of doing it. You mentioned the four-game run they went on in that road trip where they were beating the crap out of some really bad teams. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just have a hard time watching this Portland team play defense and feel comfortable laying seven in a situation like this. Yeah, the last win on that road trip was over the Cavs, who mm -hmm. are a really bad team. Right. Yeah, and, well, and I think it was the Pacers. It was this Grizzlies team that we just talked about, sure. right? So like those are the kind of things that when you're looking at that, like, the competition has not really been great for Portland. You know who else is really bad right now? Hmm. The Lakers. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Look, Especially oh. if they don't have, and they're not going to have LeBron, and if they don't have AD, then how bad are the Lakers? Right. Well, so that's what's interesting, though. Yeah. I think when you look at, again, like sample size of the way teams have played, for example, Anthony Davis by himself, no LeBron James, that's a bad defensive team, mm -hmm. right? But actually, the Anthony Davis and LeBron James-less Lakers were the second-best defensive team for like a 12-13 game stretch. So you saw that stretch of games where they were getting poor um, offensive and or excuse me, defensive performances, and tonight you're going to get the Anthony Davis version of the Los Angeles Lakers, which we have now a season and a half. He had back spasms last night. Well, he said that he's going to play. you got to take him at his word, right, that he's going to be available. He could, he could leave early with back spasms. He could. You but do you want to handicap that into a fragile. Oh, you just don't like him. <laughs> he's, you know what? I like Anthony Davis, but the thing about it, you can't count on the guy. He's so fragile physically. I have a hard time with it. Anthony Davis is not tough I like a hockey player. The players I like. <laughs> good, good segue. That's, That's right. Good. Let's talk hockey. Uh, one of the toughest guys I know, Andy McNeil. <laughs> nice enough to give us some time today as we discuss everything in the NHL. Look at him. Uh, uh, what's up, buddy? You know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm tough, but by Matt's standards, he was he was saying the Rangers were soft yesterday for getting beat up. I've gotten my ass kicked plenty of times in my life, so I might be not as tough as you guys think. Well, what do you think of the fight? So the Rangers trying to make a big statement by coming out and dropping the gloves right at the puck drop, and I thought they were losing a majority of those fights. <laughs> so to me, that just highlights that they're a soft team. Yeah, well, I I, I agree with you in, in, in that assessment of the fights, uh, but... Um, like I said, I don't think necessarily winning and losing is the, right. the the name of the game there. You're standing up for your teammates, and you're just trying to show up. Yeah. Uh, and, and and if you take a few licks in the process, I guess uh, that's part of it, right? So. Well, I, don't, I disagree with Gotta that. Got to send okay. a message. I, I do believe <laughs> you send a message, but you don't send a message by getting your butt kicked, okay? Well, I know those, that, guys aren't, huh? those guys aren't, aren't fighters. Like none, right. Nobody the Rangers put out there on the ice uh, was, was ready to deal with what they had to, to deal with that night. But uh, right. they, they did so anyways, which I think uh, you know is admirable. Uh, they don't have a tough guy like Ryan Reeves. 
That's wrong. What a segue. Right. Wow. I had one. Like that. Right. I had one. You had one. Vegas Golden Knights tonight, Andy. We're going to get to some uh, big picture stuff and your thoughts on things. But Vegas right now, looking at the screen, open over about $1.48, now $1.56. Patch ready status is in the air. And this is a potential preview, right, of a postseason series that we could see. So how do you analyze a game that we could see these two teams meet up yet again and so close to the end of the season? Well, I think this is a great bet at the current price, and that's uh, regardless of whether or not uh, Max Pacioretty suits up. Obviously, that would be great if he did, but I've got the Vegas Golden Knights uh, price closer to minus 190, uh, and that would be north of 200, uh, minus 200 if, if Pacioretty were to play. Uh, the Knights haven't had much trouble with the Blues this year. They're 4-1-1. One, and one. Um, They've got two games, a back-to-back set here. They've got two good goalie options in in Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Uh, The same can't be said for St. Louis. They've got Billy Huso, uh, who hasn't started for about a week, uh, and Jordan Bennington. Now, Bennington, he's one of the best goaltenders in the league year in, year out. Uh, But Huso's been terrible this year with an 885 save percentage. Um, Will he get one of these starts? I don't know. Uh, It looks like St. Louis is is pretty... uh, you know, pretty much guaranteed to, to clinch a playoff spot at some point here, given the fact that the Arizona Coyotes have really fallen out of it. Um, but uh, until they do, they might they might opt to ride with Jordan Bennington. But either way, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are in a great spot to take care of the Blues tonight. Um, now, with that being said, uh, there, there are several players uh, that are questionable for the St. Louis Blues, and they could move the needle in favor of the Blues. Um, but I'm, I'm taking an approach here where I, I feel like at this point, at this number, um, if I make my wager now um, and, and any of the, the news, uh, it, it comes back, um, you know, contrary to what I was expecting. Um, well, I, I'm just going to be left with, you know, a, a number that, that that's going to win, uh, you know, roughly, uh, roughly 60 some percent of the time. Um, and not offer much value, but if they do, I'll go right for me. I'll I'll add to my uh, position throughout the day. Um, if, if per se Billy Huso starts, or if per se Tory Krug, Vince Dunn, uh, Sammy Blake, and Vladimir Tarasenko aren't in the lineup for the St. Louis Blues. I don't know if you noticed there, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, but look at the quality of that picture of Andy. That's a really good camera that he's using right there. It's some HD stuff. That does look pretty sharp. Big screen in the Circa book right now too, so he's all uh-huh. over the place. Andy, really quick. So in NHL betting in the regular season, is situational handicapping like a thing, you know, like people ask me all the time, like when we're talking about some of these games, like, hey, it's a poor spot. Coming off of a road trip, Vegas, for example, splits four games on the latest road trip. Tough series with Minnesota, who's kind of been a monkey on their back, for lack of a better term. How much does situational handicapping factor it in for you when you're looking at spots like this? Uh, I mean, there, there's a little bit here and there as far as motivation or rest or mm-hmm. fatigue. Um, but um, I find too often people you know, take these spots and make it a black and white scenario where, hey, you know, is this a good spot or isn't it? And and then they, they bet according to that and dismiss all of the other things. And and uh, I think the, the, the evidence that we have here uh, in regards to this St. Louis Blues team and, and their inability to be able to compete against teams like the Vegas Golden Knights and the, Saint, or in the Colorado Avalanche this season, um, as far as their underlying metrics go, sure, wins and losses come uh, by way of luck much of the time. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think given given what we've seen, I'm I'm, I'm comfortable uh, uh, backing the the Golden Knights in this spot, and there's nothing that's going to, to scare me off of that. Vegas right now at Circus Sports minus one fifty six. So you like the Golden Knights in that spot tonight? How do you attack yeah, the I overnights? Like a lot. What do you What do you play about a half unit overnight when you don't know the injury? I play situation? nothing. 
I play nothing overnight. I mean, really? I'm, I'm looking to hit game day limits uh, and uh, get down early. Uh, I'm up. Uh, anybody who comes on this show and, and complains about being up early isn't uh, isn't uh, you know well, taking the bull by the horns because this 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 uh, this game. I mean, you've got to be up early every morning. I'm, I was up at four thirty this morning uh, in order to to get to that line to get to what I, I want to uh, to play. Um, overnight lines. I mean, there's really not much incentive to play those if you, if you bet into overnights. Um, I prefer not to show my hand until the game day uh, when when the limits are, are higher. All right. How about the uh, Golden Knights? I want to ask you two questions here as a follow-up. Steve Mackinnon and Point Spread Weekly rates Vegas number one on his power rankings. Do you agree with that? Do you have Vegas number one team in the NHL or not? I I mean, it would be um, pretty tough for me to to pick one of either Vegas or Colorado. I think they're very, very similar. Um, The Avs have the edge in some areas. Vegas has the edge in others, but um, I think this series is going to be, you know, close to a coin flip, um, but I would make the Avalanche a small favorite on mm-hmm. neutral ice. I've got a little bit uh, more of a threat than the Vegas Golden Knights, but but not much. I mean, this is stuff that you're not going to, um, you know, notice too much throughout the, the course of the game. Yeah, but just watching the teams this season, I get the sense the Avalanche are a little bit stronger than the Golden Knights, but uh, hey, how about the goalies? You know, a lot of debate in Vegas about which goalie's better. Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard. I think most people think it's Fleury at this point. What about you? Well, this season, uh, for sure, it's, it's been Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, um, I don't think the debate um, was was unwarranted in previous seasons. Leonard was, was pretty good. Um, but, you know, with goaltenders, it's not so much if they're good or bad. It's kind of, are they playing good or bad? And, right. and Fleury's been really good this season. I mean, he's the same goalie that we've seen for, you know, a number of years now. And, and you know, he shows up to play. Uh, the, the the one season that he, he did uh, not really perform up to his standards, it was, a, it was a really tough year for him, I believe. I, I believe that was the year that his father died um, and a lot of other stuff, some injury problems and things like that. Uh, things kind of, uh, the, the wheels kind of went off on, on that season. But, no, he, he's regained his form and, and looks really good and, and yeah, he's got to be the, num- the number one guy heading into the playoffs, but I don't think there's a big difference between him and Leonard. All right, Andy, let's go. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look past the shots you've taken at me in terms of me getting up early, and we'll continue with this uh, <laughs> as we discuss another pretty big matchup here. Uh, so walk us through what's going to happen. Dallas and Tampa Bay right now, you know, we saw an open of about $1.62. We're still in that range, $1.55, $1.60. Uh, but Tampa Bay also has a pretty big matchup of Florida up on the horizon, right? So how does that affect the handicap here? Yeah, well, it it affects it big time, and and I think there's there's likely a lot of people that maybe backed Tampa Bay in the last game uh, against Dallas, got the win, uh, or maybe they didn't, and and you know they were looking they they had that fear of missing out on this next game here uh, and jumped in early. Um, but you know it just this is this is probably a spot that's going to show the importance of looking ahead at the NHL schedule. Um, like you mentioned, they play Florida tomorrow. That's a big game. Uh, do they start Curtis McElhenney today? I think there's there's quite a good possibility of that. And and in that case, you're going, um, you know, from from a uh, uh, 928 save percentage all the way down to a 987, and and that's uh, a significant drop off, obviously. Um, but Tampa Bay has handled Dallas uh, with 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 you know in, in pretty dominant fashion this season. Um, they they've they've scored three or more and allowed two or fewer. Um, in all but two of, of the, the six meetings, or seven meetings, sorry, 
um, and and really have handled the stars. They've shut them out three times. Um, but but for me, uh, you know, it, it, you you need that confirmation. You need to know that Andre Vasilevsky is starting here. Um, and if he doesn't start, that wouldn't necessarily scare me off of Tampa Bay. Um, I wouldn't jump over to the Dallas side. I would wait uh, for that price to trend downward and, and jump in at maybe minus one forty or minus one forty five. And and I've seen the line trend that way. I'm looking at a, a global uh, market maker book here, uh, sitting at minus one forty eight right now. Uh, in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So maybe there is a little bit of anticipation there that McElhenney could get the start today. VEASAN.com, you can go to the NHL tab. Andy's got his whole entire page, a lot of writing up there as well, and contributes for Point Spread Weekly. Andy, it's good to talk to you, but we're up against it, but thanks for the time. All right, man. Good luck today, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. You too. thanks for waking up early, Andy. All right. Huh? I Why? have taken shots <laughs> this entire time. Oh, I am man. a team player. Come on, I've baby. had enough. Baby Francesa. Um, You're on edge today. <laughs> Back after this. Back at the, yeah, Do I just sign off abruptly and like make our crew play music all the way out? Uh, all right, we have we have a lot to get to. Mitch uh, Moss is in Wisconsin, by yeah, the way. You yeah, you ruined it. Fever tweeted this. Hey, we got some fast food talk coming up. Uh, right in your wheelhouse. Oh, Let's yeah. go. We discuss, I think, White, uh, White Castle's involved, which, dare I say... I'm on a journey when they opened a White Castle out here all those years <laughs> I ago. I you're not a big fan. And mm, uh, a little overvalued. <laughs> we'll talk about that much more when we come back. Back up to this. <laughs> Download the PointsBet app now. Sign up using promo code VSIN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the PointsBet app now to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. So, are you ready? Terms and conditions apply. Void were prohibited. Got to be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Mitch and Paul. Although... Learning some things, I don't think we're doing an adequate enough job filling in for Mitch and Paul, namely stealing crackers and money for soda from the production crew, so I will do my best to be more like Paul Howard over the next hour and a half. What, are you going to steal money? (laughs) Bother the production crew for a five spot? Do we have dog videos coming up? (laughs) Maybe. Quite the accusations. You want to talk dog videos or you want to talk fast food? Uh, Let's talk fast food. Let's go on Baby Francesa. I think it's got to be fast food, right? I saw this video... On uh, Twitter this week, and Jeff Parles of Sin uh, retweeted it and said, "What are we doing, Orlando? Look at this. What is that? A White Castle open in Orlando this Stop. week. It's a four-hour wait. I don't know what the detail. What, what did it say on the tweet? It was like a four-mile backup, a four-hour wait. Uh, over a mile long wait is four hours. Hashtag over White a mile Castle long Orlando. and four hours. Yep. You get through the White Castle drive-through. Not even that good." It's not. And, uh, you know, I put out the fast food rankings last summer. White Castle did not crack the top 40. 
Of course not. And this, this summer, the top 50 is going to be out. I'm not sure White Castle is going to be in the top. Why would you wait four hours to go to a White Castle? When I lived in Chicago, White Castle was a place you drove through on the way home at 4 o'clock in the morning, if you know what I mean, on yes. the way home. Yes. How in the you world? You were stoned is what you were saying. No, because no, okay. I don't smoke weed. No. I'm not a weed smoker. But apparently some people in Florida might be. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I think there's a little bit more going down there. <laughs> I think marijuana is tame compared to what happens down weed, there. Weed is legal in Florida, I take it. Is that, is that what led to the four... Four-hour backup at the White Castle drive-thru? <laughs> Maybe. How could you wait that long for little beef sliders or the chicken sandwiches? That are available in the freezer section, by the way. Yeah, I, I actually I, I have some of those in my freezer at home from Albertsons. They mm-hmm. sell the White Castles. It's just, they taste the same. It's mind-boggling to me that people would wait four hours to go to a White Castle. Well, remember when Chick-fil-A opened up out here? Like, that was the same phenomenon when it, where people were lining up. They were out in the major streets like those lines were curving. Insanity, around. JVT. Yeah. It's the same thing at the South Point when Steak and Shake opened. Oh, really? Yeah. When yeah. Steak and Shake opened out there, it was around the time V-Sin actually opened its studio. Uh, you know I love Steak and Shake. I once went there in Chicago 38 days in a row. Yeah, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. You kept count? Yeah. Oh, at some point I was like, man, I've been here several days in a row. I went back and looked at the calendar, and when it was the streak was done, I counted up 38 straight days. I went to Steak and Shake. Why did the but streak they got end? Tw- they had a 24-hour drive through yeah. That's my type of place. Yeah. I had to go out of town to cover the, a Bulls series. Oh, brutal. And that snapped the streak. But um, <laughs> I, it's crazy to me that somebody would wait that long when – Chick-fil-A opened here and Steak and Shake opened. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't wait 15 minutes. Right. As much as I love those places, I would not wait 15 minutes to get food there. That's pretty How do bad. people wait four hours at the drive-thru for something like that? Well, I think it's the. Uh, it's not even about the food, right? It's about the experience. You can tell people. Well, just wait I a week. To, I went to the White Castle. Well, wait a week and go next week when there's a five-minute wait. Yeah, of course. So the White Castle that opened here down the Strip... Right, that was a whole thing. There's a couple now. I think there's at least two, maybe three locations in Vegas. Yeah, now. so me and my wife went down there, and it was part of like a like a night down on the strip. So we actually went down there to try this out. It was a very long line. It was a bad experience for the most part. And I'm going to say it was because of the high heels. It might have been because of the night. I also had to carry my wife back to the car after that. It was just a nightmare walking all the way down to White Castle, and the food wasn't even that good. Right. You Terrible. carried her all the way back to the car. Her yeah. feet hurt, or what was the deal? I mean, that was the that's the story we roll with. I didn't think anybody here at Vsin treated their girlfriend better than Paul Howard, but maybe <laughs> you do. You carried her all the way back. Uh, to the car. Did you I, buy her ten thousand dollars in jewelry? And hey, uh, Sean Higgs on Twitter asked for a review of Bojangles, and I hate to say this because uh, I like to have an opinion on every fast food joint out there. I've never been to Bojangles. I tr- when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, about funny. five years ago for the NFL meetings, I tried to go to Bojangles, and the line was so long. He quit. Yeah. I couldn't go. Yeah, I just left. Turn around. So I wish I had an opinion, Sean, uh, a re- review to give you. Hopefully this summer at some point I can hit Bojangles. Clearly the only option is for VEASAN to pay for a trip to send you into a jurisdiction with Bojangles so you can try it out. Is it Bojangles in Texas? I know you're taking a trip to Texas soon. Yeah. Um, I actually, if I somebody do go, said it's comparable to churches, I do like churches chicken quite a bit. Well, if I do go to Texas, Whataburger is on the list because I hear oh, that's pretty love good. Never been, love it. Never love even seen what it looks like. All right, we have plenty to get to golf. Hey, I'm Aegis. There's an old man doing good things. Bill Mickelson. Wow.
Matt Humans, John Von Tobel filling in for Mitch and Paul. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, the most in-play betting options out there. As always, get a $250 match bonus, fastest payouts, and only one-time playthrough at BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Not valid in Iowa. You know, I talked to somebody yesterday who's amazed at how quickly you can read those phone numbers. Really? Yeah. It's a talent. What, what can I say? She said, can JVT really talk that fast, or do you guys speed up the, uh, the side? Yeah, no, <laughs> he, he can talk like an auctioneer, trust me. That's right. <laughs> former, you know, former update anchor, right? You get skilled. She also said that you say the words like and write too much, and that I also say the word write too much. Did I say like? She said you say like all the time. Like hmm. and write. I'm going to write that some down. Some constructive criticism of course. Uh, about I'm, the way we broadcast. And I, that'll I, teach me to have some confidence. Wes Reynolds would be destroyed by comments like that, but... Um, well, in, in all seriousness, actually, if people do tell me I, I'll say something a lot, I will uh, write it down like I did just now like, um, in very big text or something, uh-huh. so that if I say it, I'll remind myself to eliminate uh, it from the vocabulary. Try not to say criticism. like too much. Don't say awesome. Or right. right. Not everything's awesome. Right. Okay. Okay? All right. Anyway. Like. Take the constructive criticism. Try to make yourself better. All right. I'll push the pain deep down. Like. Miss. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> I, I got nothing. Um, Phil Mickelson, he's like doing some really awesome things at this point right now. Awesome. Through four holes, he's already on the course right now. It looks like. Yeah, he's even. That through doesn't four. count, by the way. Mm-hmm. That like um, <laughs> seven under. He's been absolutely great, and driving accuracy has been very solid. He's finding the greens in regulation. A two hundred to one long shot, seven under, and a sixty four in the first round. Look at this guy. Who knew that a 50-year-old could do great things? He's 50? Yes. Steve Cofield's age. Those are two uh, very not 50-year-old looking men. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Mickelson, 7 under 64 on the uh, opening round at Quail Hollow in the Wells Fargo Championship. At Circus Sports, he went off at 170 to 1 odds. Ooh, so that 170 a to 1, Phil Mickelson. Is the uh, leader after round one? And how about this on DraftKings? Uh, this for uh, at Drive for Show on Twitter took a free five dollar bet at DraftKings on Phil Mickelson to be the leader after round one at one hundred twenty five to one odds. It pays six hundred and twenty five dollars. So somebody took advantage of the free bet offer there to hit Phil at one twenty five to lead after the first round. Hey, um, you know who was on our courses uh, our horses for courses graphic the other day. Uh, Phil Mickelson. That's right. He's got a lot of experience on this course. Right. Five other golfers were on that graphic. Let's talk about some of those guys. Okay. Uh, so from a handicapping perspective so far, I would not say this tournament's going great for me. I do have uh, one guy that's in solid contention, and I bet him on the futures and in a matchup, and that's Justin Thomas. He's a two under par after the first round, two under 69. This is the longest par 71 course on the PGA Tour, and uh JT is a long hitter, despite his small stature. Yeah. Very the, skinny. Small, skinny guy. Yeah, dude. soft chin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> JT is uh, two under, so I played him in a matchup over John Rahm. And you and I have talked about this before. I don't really understand the fascination 
with sharp golf guys when it comes to John Rahm. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Jeff Seeley or Wes Reynolds or Chris Felica or whoever, a lot of these guys love John Rahm almost every week. And Jeff Seeley's on the show with us a couple days ago, and I said, who do you like better? JT or Rom this week because I had JT and he's like, oh, John Rom all day, John Rom, all so day, early day. I bet Justin Thomas at even money against Rom in a matchup. The next day, the number moves and Rom is up to minus one thirty-five. So I bet Thomas again at plus one fifteen. So I got him even money and plus one fifteen. He sh- he he won the PGA Championship on this course in two thousand seventeen. Yes, I'm not sure what tells you that John Rom's a better bet this week in this tournament. So that was something I really was focusing on going into it. And you know how John Rahm did in the first round? He's one of the worst players on the course. Five over yesterday. Didn't go well. He's going to have to fight to make the cut here. So JT is seven strokes up in that matchup on John Rahm. Here's the thing about Rahm. When he's out of it and all the pressure's Mm -hmm. off, he plays his best golf. So wouldn't be surprised if... uh, Ricky Fowler-esque, would you say? Ricky Fowler, speaking of uh, him... One under yep. in the first round, so Fowler off to a pretty good start. I think he was on your horse for the course grab. Uh, he was, and so my two guys, uh, what was the term you used? Loosely in contention? Or solidly in contention? Did I say that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, One of the two. Regardless, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas. Those are my two guys mm-hmm. that are whatever adjective you want to use. Well, you're looking pretty good of, with those two guys. Yeah, in All things considered right now, with a lot of guys not playing well, you have to like Thomas and Fowler where they sit after the first round. Bryson DeChambeau, one over today. He's back to even par. He was uh, one of the favorites right there with JT. Rory is one over. So McElroy not off to a great start. Jason Day, one over. Xander Shoffley, one over this morning. Now two over for the tournament. Uh, also, Tony Finau, two over. And uh, John Rahm, among the big-name players, John Rahm, the worst yeah. right now, five over. So let me ask you this. When it comes to the way this course plays and some of the – statistics when you look mm-hmm. at the way these guys are golfing, right? For, for example, what I like to do is, and when you're like a round in, two rounds in, look at the way these guys have played, and it's only one round sample size, so it's a little tough, but if you look at some of the numbers, dictate some guys that are due for some regression, some guys that are due yeah. for some positive momentum upwards. One of the guys that stuck out to me that looks like, man, you are getting away with some things here. Gary Woodland only hit 37% of his, of his free, uh, fairways yesterday, and yet greens and regulation at 75%. He's been putting relatively well. He's been getting away a lot with just some errant tee shots. Yeah. But the way this course plays, we were talking about it earlier in the week, that maybe driving accuracy, you don't have to be insanely accurate. 37%, though. Like, to me, that spells no, he's gonna, coming. Obviously, he's going to have to be more accurate off the tee. I just said, like, again? Yeah, keep a track now. <laughs> the luck factor for uh, Woodland was there in the first round. You're not going to scramble and uh, make a living for four rounds. You can do it for one or two, but mm-hmm. it's going to be tough to do it for four. Hey, Ian McDonald checks in. I like Ian. Ian listens to all the VSIN shows, especially Follow the Money. And he says, Get these guys off the air. It's an insult to JVT to call him Baby Francesa. Thanks, man. So he's a big JVT. Unless the follow <laughs> up is like a much lesser person. I was like, okay. And they said, it. like, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't say uh, you know what I mean. Every once in a you while. Know? It's not a crutch, as the kids Let's say. talk Aaron Rodgers. What do you say? I am totally down for it. I like that topic. So we're going to be right back here at Follow the Money. Back up.
action on DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Just download the app. Use promo code BSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes each week. Don't wait. Sign up now. New customers get a deposit bonus of up to 500 buck a ruse. That's code BSIN when you sign up. You or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help. 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, one 800 9 with it. Got to be 18 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com for details. Let's talk Aaron Rodgers. Because he has not been talked about enough this week on all the major uh, no. ESPN, Fox, and NFL Network shows. Did you hear Fair that? or foul? Did you, <laughs> did you hear that Aaron Rodgers said he doesn't want to play for the Packers anymore? Heard did that. you hear that yet? Yeah, I heard that. Okay. Did you hear, uh, did you hear Adam Schefter's story yesterday? Everybody was mad. All the Packers fans were mad at them because he's like, I didn't get any new information. They yeah. just had a bunch and was like, yeah, let's talk about it. Now, this. you sent that to me, and Paul Howard told me last week that uh, Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, actually broke the story, not Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. And maybe Schefter put some of that information out because Paul Allen was putting the information out? Sure. I don't know. Maybe I don't really Paul ca- baked the cake and Schefter added the frosting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really don't care who had the story first. We have another contribution just, for who I look like, by the way. Uh, that, like, that like doesn't count. Rob Gronkowski. Uh, no, Ben Affleck. He doesn't wear glasses. Wait. Now you look just like him. All right. Uh-huh. I just need a cigarette. I've been looking really good. All right, what do we got about Aaron Rodgers? Michael Lombardi talked about this on uh, the Lombardi line. Oh, that's right. You're a frequent guest on that, right? You, you go on there to talk uh, hoops, NFL, NBA. I've been on talk NBA or even NFL every once in a while. Let's You're not hear a one-trick pony. You can analyze the NFL. Let's do it now. So you and I talked about what would the Packers' win total be. If Jordan Love is a starting quarterback instead of Aaron Rodgers. I said six and a half. Okay, the, to the under. The Packers win total, 10 and a half at DraftKings, 11 at Caesars William Hill. I was saying, what did I say, eight tops. I was leaning towards seven, seven and a half. It would never be higher than eight. Uh, but let's, start, let's hear what Michael Lombardi has to say about, how good this about what the Packers is. might look like with Jordan Love as a quarterback. And they all know. Without any doubt, they all know that if Mr. Rogers decides to leave, they'll probably be a five-win team. But you truly <clears throat> believe there's a possibility he sits out for a year? Oh, I think there's a really strong possibility of that, and I think it's stronger that he sits out than he gets traded. Yeah, he has been consistent. Oh, man, the buildup. I thought there was a lot more Lomb- than that. Uh, Lombardi has been uh, consistent by saying uh, he does not think the Packers are going to trade Rogers. So it's a really interesting standoff, JVT, because if you're Green Bay, you got a chance to get a lot in return in a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Why would you just say, go ahead, retire, uh, we're not going to make a trade? It's in your best interest to trade him and get a couple first-round picks, a couple players, whatever, back. Why would you not make the trade? I agree with that. I would, I would enjoy asking Lombardi, eliminate that L word, I would enjoy to ask Lombardi, when you look at them from a GM perspective, mm-hmm. Would it not make the most sense to get something? And again, you're talking about an inflated package. You're not just getting something. You're getting a lot. Right. You're getting an inflated package for a guy that at the moment, like if we want to be very positive about it, Mm -hmm. four years left in terms of his NFL He's 37. Right. He he turns 38 in December. He's a reigning MVP off a great season. But again, how much does he have left? And you can go back to this too. The Packers have had three decades, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They've won a total of two Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. And before last season, when they lost, they were blown out in the NFC Championship game in San Francisco. 
Obviously, Packers management, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, didn't think the team was that close to a Super Bowl because they did nothing in the draft a year ago to improve the team for 2020. Mm-hmm. Not one guy in the draft last year helped that team in 2020. If they thought they were that close to getting over the oh, hump, they no. would have drafted help, hey, and they didn't. A.J. Brown had a really big game in the snow on Sunday night against the Titans. Remember? Who? Or sorry, Boston College running back whose name is Gabe. Oh, A.J. Dillon. No, A.J. Dillon, excuse me, A.J. Brown, not the Titans wide receiver. Uh, anyway, the point being, the, uh, the Packers, yeah, they're going to be Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers. But they haven't done a lot to improve the team the past two years. And I, I think a big reason they were in the NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers was the 49ers took a giant step back, mm-hmm. right? There were other teams. The Saints, Drew Brees got old real fast. A lot of people thought the Saints were the best team in the NFC. They were power-rated that way for most of the season. So the Saints and the 49ers, teams that looked like they were stronger than the Packers going into the season, faded. And then the, the Packers get clipped at Lambeau Field by Tom Brady and the Bucs. And uh, here we are talking about what the Packers' win total would be in 2021 if Jordan Love is a quarterback, not Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the opponents at home. The NFC North is obvious, and the NFC North is still relatively weak. Vikings, Bears, Lions. Throw up that list of opponents one more time. Because it's, it's a difficult schedule for the Packers. The other home games are against the Browns, Rams, Steelers, Seahawks, Washington. This is a first-place schedule. That's, that's The road games, aside from the division, Cardinals, Ravens, Bengals, Chiefs, Saints, 49ers. Been four of those a, four, a first-place schedule. Uh, so you can't be too optimistic about the Packers if it's uh, going to be Jordan Love's team. You know, I, I've been thinking about this the past couple of days. What would you open the win total? Now I'm thinking I, there's no way I can open it higher than seven. Right. That would be the highest. Six and a half. And, and okay. so when you... When you look at it, too, remember when we're talking about this of analyzing the schedule and the opponents, remember that we're also, this is going to be a team that is significantly lowered in terms of their power rating, too. Mm -hmm. So while the NFC North might be weak, per se, this is a team that I would say if it's just Jordan Love, they're probably power rated the lowest in the division, aren't they? I'm trying to think. I don't think the 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 Lions, Lions are still bad. But are they worse with Jared Goff and the collection of some, you know some weird talent? That I, they have I think Lions had a pretty good draft, so yeah, right. they're on the way up. The arrows pointing up. Who knows about the Bears? The Andy Dalton, Justin Fields mm-hmm. situation. But defensively, they're better. Vikings are definitely a better team, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I th- I think your your number is probably right. And in fact, you you might even say you make the Packers win total six. And and that's why when Michael had... Lombardi said a five win team, but. Uh, I, th- I think you would have to make the win total six. And You're going to get stuff back, but those draft picks are in the future, and the, and the players you get back are probably not going to help you win games this season. Let's say you get Teddy Bridgewater and another receiver from the Broncos. That's not going to do a whole lot to bump up your chances of winning in 2020, though you would have a better chance to win games with Teddy Bridgewater this season than you would with just Jordan Love as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And remember... What if you traded with the Washington yes. football team and got Fitzmagic back? Yeah, I think the Packers would have a better chance to win more games with Fitzmagic, a guy like that. And I, and I also I see a lot of analysis. Will go, oh, well, remember, mm-hmm. there's an extra game. Yeah, you know who the added opponent was? 
And it's a road game, by the way. The right. NFC, the added game, the 17th game this year, all the, the NFC teams get a road game, and uh, all the AFC teams get a home game. So the added game is Packers at Chiefs. Correct. So <laughs> while it might right. be, while 17 games, people might think, well, it's another opportunity. It's also another opportunity to lose. It's just going to be another loss <laughs> if uh, right. you have Jordan Love, a quarterback, on the road. Unless the game's in week 17, which, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. The schedule comes out May 12th. And then maybe the Chiefs would be sitting guys out and not trying to win. But in theory, right now, you would say that's going to be a loss. And we should be fair because there is a whole other angle to this that we, I don't think we have given enough time to is, what if the Packers were right and they hit it out of the park with Jordan Love and he's actually good? Be- well, I think he could is, be good, but right away, his first year, he's not going to be good. I mean, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP his first year. His first full year. He's not Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm just saying there is a there there is a universe in which Jordan Love comes out as mm-hmm. an adequate starter in I the National Football League. I think he could be decent. League. I think, he, but think if about, he's decent, they're going to win like six games. Yeah, and, right? But think about the bar that is set from a quarterback they perspective could win seven. in that division. The best quarterback in that division right now is Kirk Cousins. Could be Justin Fields if we're eliminating Aaron okay. Rodgers. Okay, but you're right. It could be Justin Fields. Right. But we're talking about a rookie. So what I'm saying is. To your point about the division being relatively weak and the quarterback play not being that strong, if they're actually right about Jordan Love, right. there is a there is a simulation or a universe in which the Packers actually come out, win like eight, nine games, and compete for a division title without Aaron Rodgers. Don't want to punt they, on them they, so quickly. They could overachieve, but. no doubt. If Jordan Love is better than everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. But right now, you would have to think that uh, the Packers with Jordan Love probably win six games, maybe seven, if you're being optimistic right and all of this put together as we talk with like as Lombardi puts out their potential five win team it goes back to what we talked about William Hill with yesterday which is very good observation in points spread weekly William Hill has plus 360 for the Vikings to win this division should probably be the favorite if it's not it shouldn't probably they will be the favorite if Aaron Rodgers that's is not William Hill the point spread weekly handicapper by the way and that number was at William was Hill the sports book right <laughs> the division but that that's a really solid observation. I thought, that, about that. I thought it was a good recommendation by him to play the Vikings at about plus three fifty to win the NFC North on yesterday's show. By the way, William Hill on with us yesterday uh, also went three and one on his baseball best bets. A nice job. By okay, him. this is getting ridiculous. What's that? I, I just I keep getting submissions for who I look like. I was just sent a picture of Drew Carey. I don't even know who this person is. Brand, uh, Brandon Webb sent in a picture, and I just don't know who it is. Drew Carey. No, it's not Drew Carey. Here, by the way, this was a submission from our executive producer, Ryan Rogers. That's Ben Affleck. It's Ben Affleck with glasses, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, you know what? Now you're out. You wanted to do this. You started I don't know this. If you, you created like, this I don't monster. know if you look like Ben Affleck. I do like the lookalike game. Okay. I said yesterday, William Hill, when he joined us on the show, if... Well, looked like uh, Big Ben Rothwell, the UFC fighter. Yeah, but you know it doesn't help too. My professional, my professional headshot keeps getting passed around that we took at the South Point Sportsbook, uh-huh. where it looks like I'm eating a lemon. Like my lips are all puckered and weird. Like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of. I said like again. Yeah. yeah, mark that down. No, write it down. Dollar. We'll start. A, we'll start <laughs> a like jar. Kangaroo Corps finds every time you say the word <laughs> like, you get fined. Right. Well. I'm not going to have to talk that much in the final hour because we have a lot of smart people with us. Aaron Great Renning. NBA hour yep. coming up with uh, Aaron Renning and uh, Brian Windhorse, another guy you look like. Yes, so Brian Windhorse is going to be with us. We'll discuss that. Uh, ER, of course, the association and what's happening with the Los Angeles Lakers, these play-in situations which are unfolding in front of us. Indiana Pacers kept themselves out of that 10th seed with a win over the Atlanta Hawks, but the Wizards keep on winning. There's a lot to discuss in the association. Those two will help us in the final 60 minutes here on Follow the Money.